welcome to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. I'm Cheryl, and I invite you to join me on my quest to find out why are people homeschooling? How do you do it? How does it differ from region to region? And should I homeschool my kids? Stick with me as I interview homeschooling families across the country to unfold the answers to each of these questions week by week. With us today, we have Genevieve Noel and her father, Kyle. Genevieve, Kyle, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. And you guys are in Florida, correct? Yes. So, Genevieve, you were homeschooled, is that right? Yes, and still am, have been my whole life. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I've had one other interview with a homeschooled student. Um, that was Anna, and I think that was around episode 10. And it, I, I really try to get students on the podcast because... You know, parents can talk till they're blue in the face about what's best for our kids, but the only one actually experiencing (laughs) it is you guys. Like, I went to public school, so that's all I know. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so did I. So I really love hearing how homeschooling has impacted your life and your thoughts around it. So let's just start with, do you have siblings? Uh, Yes, five. She's the oldest of five. I'm the oldest of five. I have to keep, we have um, have a youngest (laughs) Now we had a, my mom had a baby a while ago, so I have to keep remembering <laughs> that there's another one. <laughs> yeah. You know, I imagine it gets to a point where there's so many running around, you just lose track of how many they're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. So you never went to a traditional school, right? You said that you did nope homeschooling yeah, your whole life. Yep, I did do a homeschool group, classical conversations, mm-hmm. but that's different. Yeah, yeah, you weren't in like the traditional sense of. Sit down yeah. by nine o'clock. The bell's going to ring every yeah. 42 yes. minutes and tell you where you have to walk to. Um, that's really cool. So what, and Kyle, maybe this is more for you, but what brought your family into the homeschooling world? Yeah, my wife and I, we, we were both public school and uh, there were lots of you know, pros and cons to it, um, but we really felt that uh, some of the cons outweighed the, the, the pros and we wanted to really be able to tailor um, our, our child's education to what fits their interest, what, what are they interested in, how can we learn about whatever the subject is in a way that they enjoy. And it's not wasting at desk. Sometimes it's going out and experiencing. And, um, and so for Genevieve, we, um, we, I, I never would have thought that she would have developed this passion for, for reading and writing. When she was younger, she really did not like I hated reading when I was younger. <laughs> I hated it so much. It was I would fight everything so I wouldn't have to write or read. It, it It's very shocking to everyone who knew me ever since I was a kid that I wrote a book and got it published. So, yeah. That's... And, I... and I was going to say, and that's because you recently just wrote a book. That's yep. so yeah. cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And we, we um, my, home, my my public schooling nature wanted wanted to say, oh, we need to force you to read this book or whatever by a certain time or else you're going to fall behind. But we really prayed about and just felt like we should uh, just relax and just let her be. And uh, we would find interesting things that she was interested to read. And, and sure enough, she really developed a love for reading. And now says so she's, she's written a book and she is, uh, I write more. <laughs> yeah, she's doing great. Yeah. That is so amazing. And I'm so jealous because I, I started writing a book, a memoir years ago, probably, well, probably 10 years ago. And kept picking it up, putting it down, picking it up, put it down. And I even went, I'm in New York. I flew, after I had my first son, I actually flew out 
for a memoir writing retreat to the state of Washington. That was in the beginning of COVID because everyone was like, you're going to Washington? There's a virus. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. but um, <laughs> and, and I still haven't written it. It's really hard to write a book. Like yes. it is re- yes. like it sounds it sounds simple, right? You just open open up a page and just start writing. But when you actually think about the structure of it and how you have to make this kind of like um accordion open up and yeah. write you know, so that it folds up into a nice book, but you have it to have yeah, um, yeah. plot lines and you have to have things that people actually want to read. So you can't just say they're yeah. sitting at a table and they picked up a fork and they put down their <laughs> fork. And but people yeah. don't want to know that. They want to yeah. know the important part about why there was a why fork in their hand yeah. and then what was the conversation between the two and what would an outsider want to know about that conversation, what can be left out and, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, how uh, it kind of crescendos up and then, you know, goes yeah. back down to a lull and then goes back. Like, there's so much involved. So I'm so jealous that you've accomplished <laughs> this in your life. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I have not. <laughs> well, she also has a YouTube channel where she gives writing advice. But really really sarcastic i might need that horribly sarcastic it's very funny it's it's it's, yeah it's funny she goes it's it's kind of outlandishly funny but in between the the humor there's actual good advice if you read in between the lines there's a little bit of good advice but yeah those were first of all those were really good um what are the words metaphors and stuff you use to describe all that so i just found that really cool and also yeah it's it is a lot more difficult but one of the good things the only reasons i think i was able to publish one is because I started when I was a kid and I didn't care about any of that. So I just started writing stuff True. and it turned out thanks okay. to God, really good. And then as I got older, I actually understand what that means and understand plot lines and stuff. So I th- do think about it more in that, type of, in that type of way. And I am more aware of that, but you know, the, the only reason I got to that point is because I didn't worry about that. All right. So that is actually probably a good tip. I mean, if I write a memoir, I think I'm only writing the one because although I guess I suppose you can have multiples, but they're just yeah. Take yeah. parts of different parts of your life. It's not like an autobiography oh, yeah. where you have one. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, that's good advice. If I mess up, I'll just make the next one better. <laughs> um, so so let's dial it back to how how was it growing up as a homeschooled student? Obviously, now Internet's a bigger thing. And I, I suppose I mean, you, how old are you? I'm 14, 14. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you wrote a book That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. Good for you. So, okay. So internet's always been around for you. I mean, I oh, suppose yes. it's always been yes. around for me, but not like at the level where it's, you know, we didn't like yeah. have it in our home growing up, maybe when I was in middle school, but yeah. so homeschooling in Florida, is it popular there? Do you feel that there is this whole socialization aspect of, you know, you're not going to be socialized. Is that laughable to you? Uh, I am the most social person you will ever meet in your entire life. So for, for one thing, I, I just go up to strangers and, well, I mean, not in a creepy way or anything, but if I meet somebody, I can start a whole conversation and stuff. And I've been uh, thankfully comment, com- uh, complimented on that and been like, wow, you're really good at this. <laughs> so that's good. But I, we didn't, we first, originally were in Ohio, and the homeschooling is different there rather than it is here. It's definitely oh. more, what's the word, socially acceptable in Florida and not as hard to do in Florida than it is in Ohio, which is interesting and one of the reasons interesting. why we moved here. But, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's 
just a lack of information that a, a lot of people think that because public school's been around for so long that homeschool is just well homeschool's first ironically and then public school and then homeschool again so i mean yeah. i don't know it, i i'm a very social person so i find the whole not gonna be social with if you're homeschooled is kind of laughable to me but yeah yeah i think i'm at the point now where um because i just started homeschooling my son he's five and so it'd be the kindergarten level and yeah. we're only, you know, a couple of weeks in and we don't have enough room in our schedule for all of the homeschool groups that we'd want to do. And, yeah. you know, this co-op yeah. is starting up because the one in the town over is at capacity. And yeah. so, you know, it's there's so much. It's just kind of hidden under a rock, really. Like you don't know it's there yeah. until you lift the rock up and oh, see yeah. it and, and look for it. So, yeah. um, so. Did you like being home, or do you like being homeschooled? Yes, yes. I know that's so general, but just it. <laughs> I would not survive in public school. I know that for sure because I talk a lot <laughs> during everything, and I ask a lot of questions, which isn't really something you want to do in public school. You have to listen and sit still, and I'm not good at that. So, <laughs> and I'm not good at not. I can do a lot of things. And I can stick my mind to it and get it done only if I want to do it. And there's a lot of subjects that I would have been forced to do that I don't want to do. So, you know, yeah, I'm very happy being uh, homeschooled. That brings up a good point. Okay, so when I started getting into this homeschool world, and I think most people are under the impression there are certain things kids and people in general need to know by certain grade levels. Or else, yeah. I don't know, the atom will explode or something. Like, if, <laughs> yes. If, yes. If you, and after interviewing all of these families, I have come to the conclusion that there is not a set of criteria that anyone has to know by any certain age or grade level. Is that right? And you can yeah, still yes. make a good living, whether yes. you want the college path or not. Yeah. You can make it and survive without knowing, you know, calculus or, yes. you know, whatever it was for the SAT or, you know, the, the cat test, Iowa test I think we have here in New York. So is that, is that kind of how you guys see it as well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly because uh, there's certain, the things that you do need to know in life are um, biblical things, of course. And uh, mm-hmm. gr- normal levels of math and normal levels of geography, normal levels of English and stuff like that. But you don't have to. You don't have to learn calculus in order to live life, because calculus is for very certain things, and even certain those certain things is rarely coming up. So you don't have to learn that in order to, you know, live. So yes, I agree. So what kind of style did your family take as your approach to homeschooling? I mean, there's everything from you know, the classical Charlotte Mason and all the way to unschooling. Did you guys have a rhythm? I wouldn't know that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So we, Kyle. (laughs) um, Yeah. So we uh, have done uh, classical conversations uh, for many years, um, but we've always kind of added on our own kind of flavor to it. And I wouldn't say it's an unschooling type, but we're very uh, open to trying to, learned with experiences and trying to uh, ask questions to figure things out yeah fit the curriculum to what each person's interested yeah. in and that, i would imagine that's got to be hard especially when you have six kids you know at what age are they taking the lead yeah someone described as a school bus um mentality where uh, everyone's on the bus 
And as you're driving along, the younger kids will, will, will get off first. Yeah. And then the older kids will, will, will maybe go a little bit more in depth and keep them, you know. Okay. And, that's, and that's then we'll, cool. so that's kind of the, that's kind of how we do things. That's cool. And when you're doing it and you don't even know, that's part of the, the beauty of it, right? <laughs> See, she wasn't even aware yeah. that there was a whole practice to this. <laughs> I didn't know. No. <laughs> All right. So that's really cool. I don't know if this is maybe for Kyle or Genevieve or both. Maybe you both have, uh, different viewpoints on this, but I, as I'm getting into it and actually trying to sit with my son and, you know, he's learning, we're trying to learn the letters and the phonics and the reading part. Yeah. So to me, yeah. I feel that that has to be done. I know that there's other homeschool families that are just kind of like, let it weigh and let it happen when it happens. Yeah. And, and I think that's awesome, but I don't, I feel like if I don't do something our whole day and then our whole year is going to go by and then I'm going to be like, crap, we never did anything and he doesn't know anything. So um, I feel like I at least want to give him a solid foundation. But how do you handle the hard days when the kids are just in all different directions, don't want to pay attention, don't want to listen? Like, I mean, for example, it's raining today. I made my son put on... Um, a bathing suit and go running outside and I was like just keep running till I tell you the time's up because he was so energized which was which was cool because you know we got the ability to do that but it's like how how do you do you have ways to manage this and as the student how I guess how do you get through the stuff you've got to get through when you just I don't know you you, you don't want to listen to your parents <laughs> um I I've never really felt in such a way that I don't need, I mean, that's not true. I feel like there's some things I don't need to know, even though I do need to know them. Like when I was younger, reading was one of those things that I felt like I didn't need to know. And surprise, surprise, I wrote a book. So that actually turned out to be true. But you know, I wouldn't know about the first thing. But as as a kid who sometimes isn't, my math isn't my favorite of subjects. I don't enjoy it the most of all things. I just have to get through it I guess I don't know just uh I like to listen to music and and do it so I just get done okay so maybe I should put music on yeah different people learn in different ways some people like music some people like to be moving while they're learning yeah some people like uh, quiet need to be very quiet <laughs> and so sometimes we'll try to set up the environments for each person are you concerned that your kids are not being taught everything they need to know about the U.S. Constitution and how government works in our everyday lives? The Tuttle Twins have made it their mission to create books and curriculum materials that teach kids the benefits of a free society with ideas that support strong family values. The concepts that kids and adults learn in the Tuttle Twins books on their level are invaluable and not taught anywhere else. I asked the Tuttle Twins to partner with me to give my listeners 40% off the book series for ages 5 through 11 because I believe the values taught in these books are incredibly important. My son loves reading these books together, and even though he's young, we're able to discuss the topics in the books on his level quite easily. My favorite book so far has been The Miraculous Pencil, discussing all the moving parts that go into one tiny product, but... Education Vacation is also a favorite of mine, which discusses John Taylor Gatto and his concepts on how children learn best. Spoiler alert, it's not in the public school system. Use my link, thehomeschoolhowto.com slash Tuttle with coupon code Cheryl40 to get 40% off the book series for ages 5 through 11, plus printable workbooks and activities to go along with each book. Let them know I sent you by heading to my link. Again, thehomeschoolhowto.com slash 
Tuttle and get 40% off the age 5 through 11 book series with code Cheryl40, C-H-E-R-Y-L-4-0. You can get the link and the code in the show's description. Uh, we've also learned that, you know what, if it's a Tuesday and you don't get anything done that day, it's fine. Oh, yeah. well. Although Whatever we do next. try to try to accomplish at least something each day, if, even if our agenda might be you know, five subjects and we only talk about how to load the dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least we've learned that today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I, I guess, I mean, there are days that we take off and do other things. There's just this fear, I think, in the beginning for a yeah. homeschooling parent mm-hmm. to say, if I don't get on a schedule with like stuff we need to know or should be learning or doing, then it's all going to fall by the wayside. I'm going to, every day I'm going to have an excuse. And you know, and yeah. you, I, there's yeah. such a fear of failing when you're stepping into it and you, it, it's your very first time, you know, since, since we didn't grow up homeschooled, my husband either. And it's, it's yeah. a big, big change. Oh yeah. I could imagine. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I was a kid at the time, so I didn't really think of it like that. But now that I'm older and I'm watching my younger siblings uh, do the same thing that I did when I was a kid, I'm realizing that type of stuff too. It's just, I don't know. It's You're also realizing that there's a lot of school that you didn't know was school. <laughs> no, there's a lot of things that we did just as fun that I didn't realize was actually school. So <laughs> tricky, tricky. Yeah, and when I think of the kids now that are, you know, down the street is, is where the school is in our town that are just sitting in class and learning. Like they're still there learning from the time that my kid was still asleep this morning. <laughs> and now he's done with what I wanted to teach him and work with him on. And he's off at his grandparents' house so that I can do this. Yeah. Um, it, 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 when you just think of all the time in your day that is used up to stand in line and you know okay we'll wait for directions to go to the next to lunch now and now we're gonna go to gym class okay well gym class is an entire hour maybe it's 30 minutes or whatnot but um i mean all it took was for me to be pretty much three minutes of him just go run go run (laughs) and then obviously we do sports and other stuff too but he just needed to get energy out so it is the more i'm experiencing it the more i'm like i can't believe people actually sit in a building all day long like that i did that for 13 well and even in college like 18 years um so that is that is cool so what sort of subjects did you like learning about the best and were there times that you started a subject and were like i don't really feel that I want to learn about this any longer, and how did you guys handle that? Uh, for me, my favorite subject is, now it's reading, of course, before it wasn't, but it's always been history. I've always really liked history. I still do like history, which is one of the reasons I wrote about a time machine, so that I could write about history, which is pretty cool. Uh, I did like math as a kid, but you know, the, the harder it's got, the more I've disliked it, so... <laughs> So, yeah, I, I would imagine the math, you kind of have to, okay, these are the things we have to learn. What about just the things that are, like, for instance, my son last night said, how does a, how does a picture work? Like taking a picture in a oh. camera. So we were trying to look up YouTube videos on him. Does yeah. that sort of like organic questioning and then lead you into let's go research things happen in your house? And how do you approach it? Yes, all the time. That's basically exactly that's, how it goes that's about 100 yeah that's about 90 percent of the learning style which is also the really fun one too because we used to watch uh, 
I don't know what it was specifically. We watched the How It's Made on YouTube and figure out how the different, or the Mr. Rogers neighborhood sections of the videos in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood where he'd go to a crown factory and figure out how crowns were made and stuff like that. Or we'd watch How It's Made oh, or cool. figure out how stained glass is made or anything like that. It's really cool. That's the type of stuff oh, I'm interested in, too. So. I, yes, I have. I know what show you're talking about for How It's Made, too, and obviously Mr. Rogers because yeah. I watched that as a kid. But um, that's cool. I didn't. Yes, I will have to, maybe I'll post that in the show's description so people can check that out because I never actually went in to watch all of them, but I've watched a couple. They were cool. All right, so tell me about your book writing process. Like, what made you think, let me write a book and actually publish this? When I I was a kid, I had a faulty idea of how publishing a book worked. I thought that you just wrote it down on paper and gave it to somebody. That's how it worked. So as a kid, I just took a piece of paper, folded it in half so that there were uh, four pages, so to speak, four sections, and I'd do that for each chapter. So I, I have I have a the, the rough draft still here somewhere. I, ha- I don't have it with me now. But I would do that, and I just, I got really bored because I had, re- re- um, sorry, I had read Harry Potter four times in a row. I had nothing else to read. I thought, I, as my 10-year-old self, thought I had read everything in the world. So I started writing my own thing. I gave it to my mom and dad, and they read it because they're my parents, of course. And then they actually encouraged me to write more of it because they were kind of interested in the story. So then I just kept writing and writing and writing. Eventually, it became a bigger deal, and I got older, and I realized how publishing worked, and I got interested in publishing, and then we published it. That's so cool. Who um, did you publish it with? Christian Faith Publishing. Awesome. So was that process hard? Did you have to pitch it, and or did was it more of like a, I don't know, self-publishing where you just... No, we, it was the traditional publishing. We sent the, I don't know how the specifics Yeah, we had to submit the... Yeah, we submitted the book to them. They, sorry, they read, they read through it. They gave us the okay, and then... Well, yeah, they first had to accept it. So they did accept the book as something that they would publish. And then we we started the process of, they did like an editing phase Mm -hmm. for the grammar and the content. That was the longest phase. (laughs) And then did a page layout uh, with artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the book cover. Yeah. It, in total, I think it took a year. A year or more. Yeah. I think um, we've learned a lot more. So oh, yes. she's currently writing her, her second book for this uh, for series. series. Yeah. And so hopefully the process will go much faster. Yes. That's so cool. So just that process alone is you learning like above and beyond what I, I w- took college courses on, you know, how to publish a book and that sort of thing. Really? Wow. Um, okay. I think that was. Yeah, after college, but I went back and took a course um, at our local our local uh, university. And, you know, it's so interesting that you're actually getting this real world experience because, yeah, you don't really need a course on it. You can look up online oh. how to do it or just submit, submit it and yeah. <laughs> see what happens. Take it from there. So that's really cool. So you obviously have plans to continue on this. Do you see yourself as yep. an author as your profession? Yes, that is my goal. Awesome. So. All right, how how do you guys feel about like college and the university thing? And I'm not coming at this at, uh, in a judgmental way because I'm now to the mindset of I'm not preparing my son for college. What I want him to know is yeah. actually like like survival like, things, like the trades. Yes, you yeah. know, can you can you grow food? Can you you know that sort of stuff? Yeah, um, yeah. Things that you don't necessarily need a college or definitely not a four year degree for. Not that that's bad either. Um, it's just a lot of money. So are you, yeah. 
preparing yourself for university or what what does that look like what does your future the next 10 years look like to you i don't know i've been thinking about college what does the next 10 minutes look like to you (laughs) should i ask that (laughs) dad for a 14 year old that's probably (laughs) you just taking it as it goes yeah i mean i have ideas that are separate from college but i do understand how that works and if i were to go to college i don't think it'd be for writing specifically because actually I've avoided taking classes for writing and I've avoided that type of thing uh, for multiple reasons because it costs money and also because I don't want to influence the way I write because then all writing would be the same I guess so I just I just want to keep it different yeah some of the greatest artists um like visual or like you know painting um you look at how they had to unschool themselves from the training they had and once they did that, they truly found their voice or their their artistic. Not that um, art, not that that school is bad. It's just it wasn't my thing. So for her, we prayed about it and really felt that we wanted to avoid any um, formal training and really let her style speak. And it does. It's, it's a very unique and genuine, very funny style as she's writing, and it's it's a it's a it's an excellent book. And we don't want to we don't want to uh, mess with that style. And as for college specifically, I think if I go, I go for, uh, I don't know where, but I go for art because I'm also an artist. I like to draw and stuff. So if I did, I'd go for art of some sort or a business degree. That'd be, that'd be helpful. And that, well, it makes sense too. Cause when I was talking in the beginning about, you know, this structure how, of how each book yeah. has to be, it's like, well, who said that, that it has to be that way. I mean, that's yeah. what a lot of successful books have done. Oh, yeah. However, you then they're all the same like you were saying yeah. so you know maybe it, it maybe you do lose your your self in what your goal initially was when you start getting into this is uh you know well this is a quarter of the way in so we're supposed to be yeah. up at a plot twist and you know yeah, and if that's yeah. not where you organically were going then maybe that's not right for the book so that does make a lot of sense yeah. um I, I yeah think- that's why i didn't take any interviewing skills i just started a podcast because i figured my hey, that's cool my genuine <laughs> genius would come through <laughs> It'll be there. i don't know i probably did um, take an interviewing class i probably did. <laughs> i don't know a long long time ago because because i just said what classes do i need to take to graduate okay that's the one it's i'm in okay, yeah <laughs> so, that was one of the problems that's one of the things that my wife and i found that we did a lot in of school in the past that we just pushed ourselves through to get the to get the grade. We didn't actually learn And I, yeah. we didn't actually take time to learn it. Yeah. And so that's one of the things we've really yeah. focused on throughout uh, homeschooling is really trying to take the time to learn it and not care as much about getting the grade. And so we'll even sometimes slow down on a subject or spend more time on a subject in order to really, yeah, yeah to, to really fully understand it. Um, you were talking about how, uh, you know, a quarter of the way through the book there should be a, you know, how sometimes people think like that, how there should be a, a plot twist. Sorry, thank you. And, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever thought of a book like that. I tried to at one point. I tried to write like that, but it just didn't didn't work for me. Because people think of, you know, they have yeah. these criterias. They put plot points, characters, and like a comic relief or something. I never, I've never done that. I've just wrote a character as a person, basically. And I've just wrote a book as a story and seen what it does from there, I guess. I just found that more interesting. Yeah. Trying to plan it out. I'm sure it is. And I'm sure that comes through on the page. Would you, if you were in a traditional school, you'd be in like, is that eighth, ninth grade? 
I'm not sure by that. No. Yeah, 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 eighth, ninth. Okay. Yeah, and so I okay. So this is me asking from someone who was public schooled, you know, or but you might have a different perspective because you don't know kind of what you don't know. But I, the question where I'm yeah. leading is, do you feel that you have missed out on things like, you know, school dances or field trips or, you know, Halloween parades, you know, little things like that, <laughs> that we look back at, as adults yeah. that went through it. And I don't, I don't even think they were all that great at the time, but <laughs> you, there are these staples that people tell you are important. So <laughs> Yeah. I think we're we're just trained by society to think that they are important. How do how do you feel about not doing those types of things, or do you do them but in a different fashion? We do field trips. We go to places a lot. We've uh, done field trips before. We actually went to the Sally Corporation, the corporation that makes robots and stuff. They made the animatronics for uh, Jurassic Park. Actually, it was really cool. But wow. for other things, no, I don't really care about dancing or prom or any of that so no I don't I don't really care and if I did then I'd just wait for college to do that I guess and we have other traditions and other things that we do that's different from that and the for me having to go to public school and getting to do a little dance they outweigh each other a bit because I'd rather not go to public school at all so you know <laughs> that's so true it, it's um and I've started thinking about that recently too that you know everything that they if, if they want you to do it, they'll lure you in with like a little carrot, yeah. you know, but it, like, what are they yeah. taking yeah. at the same time? <laughs> well, yeah. they're taking, you know, they're making you kind of out to be more cookie cutter. And yes. uh, I mean, that's just my experience. I don't, yeah. I don't ever remember being, um, uh, asked about my particular interests and then put yeah. into classes that, go with that interest it was more like well this is what will fit in your schedule so let's get yeah. you you know let's put you in shop class and meanwhile i'm like oh <laughs> i like ballet but <laughs> you know, but shop fit with the the time frame i had so that that's where i went but um it's it is funny so so as a kid you my so yeah i worry about you know is my child gonna resent me because i don't you know he's yeah. not gonna have these traditional football games and you're saying as the as the student you really feel that you're gaining a lot more from homeschooling right oh yeah because i can't say for certain i guess because i'm not doing that but if i was public schooled i wouldn't have published a long time because i wouldn't have one had time to enjoy reading I probably would have been pushed into reading so I wouldn't have liked it in the first place I wouldn't have had time to write a book no I wouldn't have had time to do any of anything that I did and I probably wouldn't have it would have given up on uh, very early on so I feel like I'm gaining a lot more from homeschooling than I ever could in public school personally yeah and now what do your siblings say about you publishing a book do they get the magnitude of that uh yeah they they've been very supportive they're really sweet they were they like it a lot um my youngest sister and my younger brother, uh, they both read it all the way through, and they really liked it, and they're excited oh. for the second one. They're, they're all very sweet about it. Do you have, a, like, a summary of it? I do on the back of the book that I could read out loud if you want me to. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, Rover, Butch, and Rick are just normal Jamestown, Ohio dogs until they learn of the time machine that their owner has been building for the U.S. government. They accidentally stumble into the time machine when they confront a thieving, murderous band of dogs who call themselves the Stray Crew. 
The dogs chase one another through time as they catch each as they each attempt to return home in, with possession of a powerful weapon called the Power Saber. Along the way, they find new friends and adventures around every corner to these new, to them, timelines. They encounter pirates, hunters, dinosaurs, dragons, and knights, while all chasing the stray crew. Will they make it back to their worried owner and return to the time machine and themselves home safely? Will they be able to band together with their new allies to save the world? And in all their adventures, a treasured friend might leave them. Twice. That's the story on the back. Ooh. So what age group is this for? I get asked that question a lot, and I don't really know how to answer, because it's, for me personally, there's not a writing age group specifically that this could be for. It, I have a kid, my siblings liked it, but then again, my 40-year-old parent, my, well, no, my older parents and my <laughs> grandparents, sorry, Dad. Uh, <laughs> edit that out. My grandparents. Edit the age my out. My old grandparents have liked it, too, and they're a lot older than, you know, kindergarten kids, so. Yeah. I would say it's a classic right. family novel. Yeah. Um, it's a good read aloud for younger kids. I don't say, yeah. um, but to, nah. for the pick it up and read it yourself, you're really talking like eight years old, nine years old, um, and kind of like that ten year old, twelve year old kind of a sweet spot. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's got like the Harry Potter kind of age yeah, to it. Sort of. Like there's yeah. stuff in it for everybody. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So it's so it's how many pages is it? Just to give us an idea of like what we're dealing with. Uh, two hundred six. Two hundred six pages. Oh, good Lord. Wow. Wow. I, I'm just so impressed. That's awesome. Here's the crazy part. Do you want to know what the second one, because I'm currently writing the rough draft of the second one on a computer. Do you want to know what, what, how many pages that one is so far? Yeah. Let me guess. 486? <laughs> 588. No way. That's so, that's amazing. Oh, it'll probably double as a novel. It'll be 1,000, I think. Because <laughs> this double. It was 70-something. And then you had to keep writing more as they had critiques? Uh, no, it's just that the layout is was different and that we had added pictures. I just ordered my copy of A Connected Christmas from Treehouse Schoolhouse. Lindsay, the creator of Treehouse Schoolhouse, who I interviewed in episode 21, writes, I have always wanted the Christmas season to be beautiful and nostalgic for my children. My desire for this season is to mark their hearts with traditions and give them warm memories of togetherness in our home. Most of all, I want the Advent season to draw them to their savior. Out of these desires, a connected Christmas was born. I mean, come on, who doesn't want that for their kids? How nice does that sound? So what is included in A Connected Christmas? Well, it comes with a 42-page teacher's guide with weekly grids, daily lesson plans, recipes, and handcraft instructions. I'm pretty sure handcraft is just fancy for arts and crafts. And then it comes with a set of student sheets with scripture, artwork, poetry, and hymn display sheets for copy work. And then you also get a narration notebook. Now you can get this with a digital download or you can purchase the hard copy. And Really, it's just a three-week Advent study designed for the whole family. So whether you make this part of your morning routine or something that you guys do after dinner, it is such a beautiful way to bring these warm memories to the Christmas season for you and your family. A Connected Christmas is an invitation to gather your family and celebrate beauty and delight through festive carols, stories, poetry, art, baking, and handcrafts. It's about family and it's about Jesus. It's about connecting hearts to the heart of Christmas. To purchase your copy, 
Just go to treehouseschoolhouse.com slash the homeschool how-to podcast and use the homeschool how-to podcast to get 10% off your entire order. Or you can go to the show's description and click on the link there using promo code the homeschool how-to podcast. I really hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. My, my dad and I hand drew all, all the art and there's pictures in it. So it just you changed did. the layout and made it bigger. So you did the illustrations as well? Yeah, me and my dad did it together, yeah. It's all hand-drawn, Oh, what a special bonding time, too, and something you guys will always have out there, like your little imprint on the world together. Yeah. And while you two are busy doing that, mom's homeschooling the other five? (laughs) Yeah, she she was also edited uh, all of it grammatically and stuff before we sent it over to the publishers. So, oh, that is so thing. cool. So we went down to Orlando to a homeschool convention oh, yeah. um, this past uh, May, I think it was. Time. And yeah, <laughs> um, and her younger brother, they we had stickers, and he, mm-hmm. they went around and started handing out stickers to everyone at the at the convention. And uh, so it was it was a whole family ordeal. So the younger kids helped to promote her book, and several people even bought her book because they, they, they got, got the stickers, got one of the stickers and, and uh, so it was a, it was wow. a fun time oh yeah oh that's so cool now do you get to do a book tour we tried to but we haven't got to it yet we hope to do some we're yeah. going to do some local things mm-hmm. um and we were thinking about doing like one across uh, the southern oh, yeah. um southwest of the united states uh we had to cancel this one but maybe in the future we'll do it oh yeah yeah because i imagine that would be a fun part and a really good homeschooling kind of oh, yes. treat for everybody let's visit this national park while we go here for the book tour <laughs> yeah. yeah see the giant root was cool on the side of the road yeah is there anything that you wanted to make sure that you get in while you have you know time on here and a little platform like um, advice to kids that are being homeschooled or to parents that are homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling i don't know <laughs> I mean, for as far as promotional <laughs> stuff go, I just say, you know, buy a dog and time on Amazon and check out my YouTube channel and Instagram and Facebook and stuff. But for encouragement and all that jazz, I'd say that just don't listen to the convention, no thing. Just write what you want to write and ask God to help you become, help it become an actual big thing. And, you know, even if it's not writing or if it's drawing or uh, creating a board game or whatever, just, you know, keep at it. Yeah. Yeah, and to keep kind of uh, seeking things too, like uh, like growing up in public school, it was you don't even know all the jobs that are available to you, right? And oh, so yeah. the homeschooling kind of allows us to see if we take that opportunity to see what are, where do our interests go and what are things that there are things we're probably interested in and we don't even know we're interested in it, right? Yeah, like when try. you were fighting yeah. with your parents trying to make you know learn how to read and read books and you didn't even know that you were going to want to be a writer someday so it's yeah, yeah taking that time to actually learn what's out there and uh see if you like it from a standpoint of it's not being forced upon me so therefore now i can kind of get get actually interested in it yeah um and Kyle, for you, you've got other kids behind her. I mean, you've already published a book with the one. It's going to be hard for the rest of them to, to follow in those footsteps. I mean, do you have architects down the line or, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, so I'm an engineer and I have, so I'm a very mechanical uh, minded person. Um, but one of the things my wife and I never wanted to do is we never wanted to push 
the kids into something that interests us. We wanted yeah. to, to encourage them and help them to pursue interests them. And so that takes a lot of time to kind of help find out what, what that might be. And so currently our mm-hmm. second oldest, uh, his dream is to become a YouTuber. And so he actually has uh, several videos posted. And he's only been posting for, I think, maybe two months now. But he already has a 1,000 views on one of his stuff. He it's has insane. a couple a couple oh. uh, videos that have a 1,000 views. And he's got like 30 or 40 subscribers. Yeah. And so he's quickly trying to grow his gaming channel. <laughs> So we're just trying to encourage you to them as they, as they, whatever they want to do. So with that, um, I know a lot of homeschooling families or even just, you know, publicly schooled families, it doesn't really matter. But with the age of the internet, some of them like don't let their children on the internet at all. You can't even know what it is. Uh, some people clearly use it way too loosely, uh, you know, as a babysitting tool. And then there's everything in between. How do you manage it in a house with six kids and you're working and your wife's obviously busy? You've got a published author in your house. She's got to be on the Internet. You're you know, how do you um, kind of pull the reins in and, and kind of manage that? Yeah, I think that, you know, almost everything can be used for good or bad. I mean, you can drink too much water right. and die. Um, so I think everything is it's about you know, the moderation and the correct amount. Um, and also what using it for. Yeah. And so when it comes to internet and, and phones, you know, I think Genevieve, we gave her a phone maybe two years ago. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then, um, so, and then the same with internet and things getting that access and, and um, teaching them, you know, how to use it and what should be used for. And um, the same with you know, television and everything else. It's just, we try to be as, as open mm-hmm. and honest about uh, different subjects. And we also try to be reasonable that, you know, yeah. I shouldn't ask you to only have one hour screen time a day if I'm going to do more than that myself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I and I've thought that too as I'm on my phone telling my son, "No, you can't go on your iPad." I'm like, "Wow, this looks really bad." <laughs> yeah. um, it does, and I think as parents, we justify it as well. I have a work email to get to, and they're just playing yeah. a game. But in their little minds, they they think it's the same. They don't, you know, and yeah, yeah, it's very hard. Um, I myself have like tried to back off like, okay, well, what if you have your iPad, I know you want to use it. Let's designate some times or places. Like if you're going to your grandparents' house, well, you can bring it there because, you know, like today it's raining and we have the one-year-old baby who usually just screams. Um, So (laughs) grandparents are busy with her trying to keep her away from the cat and the cat from scratching her. So yeah, you can have your iPad there. Or if we're at home, okay, you can use it at home, but how about to listen to an audio book versus, yeah. you know, just the <laughs> games and stuff like that. But now that you told me you have a son that's trying to create games, now I feel like, well, maybe he should be able to play games. <laughs> yeah, we want to encourage, you know, within reason, and even still, we, with it comes to a gaming channel, there's still there's still a limit on how much time you should spend gaming. Even with Genevieve even writing, yeah, we've had to yeah. structure how much time she writes so she doesn't write too much and, and get burned out or stay up yeah. too late trying to write. Because there was, there was a time after I got the first book published trying to work on the second one where I'd write all day without stopping and I'd burn myself out in such a way that I'd basically give myself writer's block because I worked too much. So in order to stop that, mm-hmm. I've realized that I have to have certain times of the day to work and then I have to just make myself not work for another certain time of the day and then work again for the next time of the day. 
have to structure it in such a way that I don't burn myself out. <laughs> yeah, and that at a young age to realize that that's important. That's setting yourself up really good for the future too. You know. Well, my mom realized you that. Definitely don't want to. Well, <laughs> yes. And that's another example. I think that originally uh, Genevieve was very resistant to a schedule. And so, um, like several years ago, and so we've tried to slowly introduce it and, sh- and to show her the benefits of it. And now she's really uh, spending probably less time actually writing, actually producing more. Yeah, yeah. And she's actually spending more time, you know, doing other activities, you know, playing with the other kids and doing other activities around the house. And, and so she's actually found that it's it's, op- it's actually freed up more of her time. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Genevieve, where can people find you if they want to check out your YouTube channel or purchase your book, which I probably will be doing because I think my son would love that. (laughs) Thank you you very much. Uh, Well, I'm kind of not the most technically advanced person, so there's probably a better way to explain it than I am going to. But if you go to Amazon, it's on Amazon. If you type a dog in time, Roger and Noel, it's on Amazon. Or if you type it on Google, it'll show you the Kindle for that. There's that, too. It's on Barnes & Nobles and Apple iTunes, I yeah. think. Yeah. And what is the title again? It's called A Dog in Time by uh, Genevieve Noel, who is me. <laughs> a Dog in Time by Genevieve Noel. Okay. Yeah. She's also on Instagram yes. and on, um, YouTube. on YouTube. Like I said, her YouTube videos are <laughs> how to poorly write. Yes. And they're very funny and um, a lot of a lot of good humor. Well, how to find those is a lot harder because you have to type in at Genevieve Noel author and then it's that that shows up because that's how the YouTube algorithm works and all that jazz. Okay, well, I can put links in the show's description as okay, well thank you. so that we can right. definitely make sure everyone can find you. Okay, thank you. It's just brilliant. I mean, congratulations to you. I know it probably doesn't seem as big what you've accomplished at such a young age but let me tell you as a 39 year old (laughs) publishing a book by 14 is amazing and to be working on a second book I mean that is awesome congratulations to you and good luck to everything that you uh set out to do in the future and Kyle good good job on the parenting your wife as well well thank you and I want to also encourage you just talking with you for oh yeah I hope you get your memoir done well that and I think that you're doing the right thing when it comes to homeschooling Mm -hmm. that you're asking the correct questions and one of the things because we we thought we've gone through the same exact thought process that you're going through with with the kids especially entering that public school age um, is what do I do? Mm-hmm. Am I doing enough? And that was something that we've even still you know, challenge ourselves with daily. Um, but I think sometimes it's just slowing down and enjoying and also trying to do They should do accomplish one thing a day. Sometimes over it, that will, that will accomplish a lot over a year. That is good advice. So just bring it back to one thing. Even if, even if the curriculum booklet says this is day, you know, 17 <laughs> and we don't get to it. It's still okay. He's not going to flunk out of life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. This has been well, such a cool uh, experience and to, to hear about this. And I'm going to link everything in the show's description. So I hope people check that out. Good luck to you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. If you've enjoyed what you heard and you'd like to contribute to the show, please consider leaving a small tip using the link in my show's description. Or, if you'd rather, 
Please use the link in the description to share this podcast with a friend or on your favorite homeschool group Facebook page. Any effort to help us keep the podcast going is greatly appreciated. Thank you for tuning in and for your love of the next generation. Thank you.